great promises, hadn't he? Amen. That ought to encourage your heart. Today, I want to talk on something a little bit different and uh, do it a little bit in a different way. By the way, if Bob and uh, Tijuana, is, I believe that's the name, uh, uh, Blackburn, if you're here today, see me after the service. I appreciate that very, very much. Today, I want to talk about uh, something uh, just real practical. Uh, the, my text is Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I'll be there in a little while. And uh, uh, I want to talk about the biblical church. Uh, we had staff meeting this week, and I thought it might be good just to share you that uh, the church is alive and well, and we're doing a number of things. And we want you to be aware of some of those things so that you can pray for us, uh, you can enter in, become involved, and it be a blessing to you. Uh, we're not just sitting around and uh, waiting for the rapture to happen and getting sassy and fat. Well, maybe fat, but we're, we, we're actively involved in some things. And so let me just go through this just to remind you and I think that it'd be a blessing when you begin to see where you might be able to jump in sometime and get involved. Uh, for the month of June, and always remember in each month we always have a men's Bible study. And uh, also uh, uh, they play euchre here at the church. And so that alternates every other week. That's always, so I won't mention those all the time. But uh, today was Promotion Sunday. Uh, this coming Friday, June the 9th, uh, Sunday uh, through June the 11th, uh, we have Vacation Bible School. And Donna and Kim and them have really done a great job. They have everything ready for our kids. And uh, just uh, read up on it, ask somebody about it. That's this coming Friday night. We have Vacation Bible School uh, that begins. Also on June the 9th, Grace and Glory have their activity. They're going to the spaghetti factory. So, yeah. So if you want to go to the spaghetti factory, uh, see Steve, and uh, don't sit near him or you won't get any food. But, uh, and then also on June the 12th through June the 16th, we have our senior high going to summer camp. And that's just within a couple of weeks here. So pray for our kids, pray for the leaders and everybody that's going on that. And then also on June the 23rd, we have another grace and glory activity. They're going to have it here at the church. It's called Movie Night. I suggested that they show a real spiritual movie called Coneheads. <laughs> and uh, if you've ever seen that, it's great. It is. And uh, I love it. But anyway, that's the month of June. And then July, we hit the, uh, the ground running. July 3rd through the 8th, we have Junior High Summer Camp. And so that's right there during the holidays there. And then on Monday, July the 10th, the teens are going down to Indiana Dunes. And then a big one for our church here, you need to invite people, you need to get here. Uh, on Friday, July the 14th, Brian Free and Assurance, we're having, he's be, uh, having a concert here at the church, and he's just a good old boy, and he's got a great voice. And so it's going to be a blessing. So let me encourage you, July the 14th, on that. And then on Saturday, July the 29th, we're having a men's breakfast. And so for you men that like to meet some other people and have some good food, the ladies 
always do a wonderful job for us. So if you would uh, come to that, July the 29th. And then in August, August on Sunday, August 6th, we have communion. And then on Friday, August 18th, we'll be having a gathering here for our small group, small group activity uh, to kick off the fall for small groups. We're going to have a time of fellowship and so on, and it's all set up. So if you're ever interested in small groups, uh, call Donna and uh, come to that. And then in September, uh, the ladies' Bible study will be starting uh, the fall session, and the ladies enjoy that, of course. And then on Friday, September the 8th, we're having a bean supper, a bean supper. And on Saturday, we're having a pumped stomach day. <laughs> and uh, so, but we're having a bean supper. On the week of September the 11th, our small groups start back officially. So let me encourage you concerning our small groups. And then on September the 22nd, Grace and Glory, again, they're having chicken foot domino night. I have no idea what that is, but they're having it, okay? And then October, and this is a big one, October, we have a sign-up sheet out before you. October 9th, we'll be leaving on a Monday, coming back on Friday, we're going to Branson, Missouri. Uh, we're going to take a Branson trip. Uh, we're going to stay at the Hilton, <clears throat> the Hilton there, have stores and everything, go on the shows, and so it's going to be a great trip. And uh, for whoever you are, just be sure to sign up in the, in the foyer there. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Branson trip. How many of you have been to Branson on our, on our trips? A number of you people. And we've had great times. Great time of fellowship. And uh, on and on it goes. So that will be October 9th through 13th. And then on Saturday, October 21st, we have our fall festival here out in the parking lot. And last year, we set record numbers of people from the community who came in. And we had hot dogs and games and on and on. It got all kinds of stuff. And it's a real community outreach here. So let me encourage you about Fall Festival, October the 21st. And then, again, grace and glory. These old people do a lot. <laughs> and uh, they're having soup and stew pitch in, okay? So that should be fun. And once again, during these months, we always have men's Bible study every other week, and then Euchre. Now, in November, in November, Friday, November the 17th, we have our Friendsgiving. If you remember that, we clear the sanctuary out, we set up the tables, we have great food, and we have great skits. And uh, last year was really funny. It was really great. So let me encourage you concerning that. That's November the 17th. And then the 19th, we have communion here at the church. And then the last month, uh, not to be outdone, on December the 3rd, we have our children's department Christmas music, and that's going to be at 5 p.m. on December the 3rd. And then on the 8th, uh, Grace and Glory have their Christmas party. On Sunday, December the 10th, uh, at uh, 5 p.m. here at the church, uh, the choir and the music, uh, we'll be having the Christmas musical. Uh, Christmas Eve is on Monday this year, and so Christmas on Tuesday. So that will fit in really well going into Christmas Eve and everything. We also have uh, each week online, we have 2,500 subscribers that somewhere along the line watch our program. 
And uh, that is a blessing. Uh, we're reaching out there really great. We also have our ministry that will be starting back in September, Grief, uh, Grief Share. And Donna uh, heads that up and does a wonderful job there. It really helps a lot of people who have lost loved ones somewhere in their family. And uh, they touch many, many people. And so just remember Grief Share. Also, right now we're trying to get the dates and the costs down. Uh, we're working on a couple's retreat to Brown County from Friday, on Friday evening uh, to Saturday noon. And uh, it'll be staff-led. Each individual will be teaching on an aspect of marriage. And uh, I told somebody, the last two people I've counseled, they've gotten a divorce. So I don't think I need to speak at that one. But I will be attending for help, evidently. So, uh, but uh, it's going to be in September, a couple's retreat. Uh, we have a great time down there. So let me... Uh, have you to look that up. Also, we're working on a discipleship program to challenge people uh, to become leaders or mentors of other people. And uh, I'll be teaching our foundational truths to live by. I'll teach it first, and then from then, those individual people can teach others. That's going to be huge for us. We want to focus on discipleship in a big way. So if you'd be interested in learning so you can share uh, that will be coming up. We're also working on a daily devotional, uh, an app that you can pull up each day and get the verse, the thoughts, spiritual thoughts for that day. And uh, we're trying to set that up where you can just pull up each day online and see there'll be a spiritual uh, little challenge right there. And so we're working on that. And then also, I'm excited, we're working on a new widow's ministry and uh, just, uh, it's in the beginning stages, but right now it seems very, very exciting. And so those are things that's going on in our church. And uh, there's no reason for you just to sit back and not do anything. There's a lot of things that a church can do and you can be involved in. And we want to encourage you concerning those things. So I want to talk about very briefly this morning then about the biblical church. And uh, the question is, what is the church's purpose? What is its goal? What is its responsibility? Well, we have it on the walls here, the verses. We want them saved, come to the knowledge of the truth. Of course, that's what we are. Most people think the church ought to be uh, something that is religious. Uh, a lot of people enjoy ritualistic things because when they do something, they feel like they're... they're uh, doing something to be spiritual, and they, they like those things. Some people focus on attendance. Uh, it's uh, get, get the people out, get people. How many we have? Let's get more people. Let's get, let's get, let's get. Some people focus on uh, just winning souls to Christ. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, just focus, get people saved, get people saved. And we believe in getting people saved, but there's a lot more to it. That's the last half of the verse is very vital, isn't it? And uh, uh, if that's all you focus on and there's no discipleship, there is a shallow faith, and when a storm comes, they usually don't hang in there. 
And so that's going on. There are some, they focus on entertainment, uh, what kind of production we can have and share with the people and so on. That's really popular today. Uh, you know, I've had an exciting service. I've had a feeling. I've had an experience. I've done these things. It was a real high and so on. There's a survey done by, uh, on our younger generation and the sad thing is, is that most of our younger generation, very few want Bible learning. And that's going to really haunt not only the church, but the communities and our nation before it's over with. We know the answer is God, his word that's given through Paul for this dispensation of grace. And he tells us a little bit about the church in Ephesians 4. And I just wrote some headlines down, and uh, I'll get to that. But here's the first one. The gifts God has given to help the church. God's given some gifts that helps the church. Now the verse, fellas, if you would. Uh, chapter 4, verse 11. And he tells us what those gifts are. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. If you notice, those individuals there, those are communicating gifts. They're to teach sound doctrine. Uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the epistles that were committed to today's mystery program that's been given to Paul. And he says, here's what I've gifted the church to help the church, to be able to have people share the truth with you. He's given, first of all, apostles there, he says. Apostles. Now, when he says apostles, he's not talking about the 12. The 12 were involved with the program with Israel under law. Uh, he's not talking about that. The body of church began with the apostle Paul. And then God gave secondary apostles uh, to come along like Timothy and Silas and Barnabas, they're called apostles, but not in the major sense as the 12 or the apostle Paul himself. These men were sent forth in an official capacity under the apostle Paul. Here, they're identified, the next one is prophets. And through the Spirit of God, these men when the word was spoken or written, they would identify through that spirit which scripture was approved or not approved. God gave them that ability. Now, when the word of God was completed, these two gifts were no longer necessary. So today, we don't have apostles and we don't have prophets like like this here. Ephesians 3, 5, Paul says this, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So they were needed in the early church stage until the word of God was completed. But when the word of God was completed, now they are not necessary for today. But there are some that's given to church that's still intact. In verse 11 again, 
he says, evangelist. Now, evangelist, they coincide with what we call a missionary. <clears throat> they'd go into an area, they'd preach, they'd win souls, then they would hand that group or that church over to an elder, a pastor, and then they would move on to another area. Evangelist. And then he says, pastors and teachers. <clears throat> now, I personally believe they're pastors and teachers, that and is a conjunction, and it correlates, puts together pastor teachers, pastors that are teachers. And he's given that them to the church, and it's the pastor's responsibility to <clears throat> lead the church, to feed the people the word of God, to protect the flock. It's the pastor's responsibility with help, of course, to ground the people in the word of God and to disciple the people of that local church. The pastor, what he does, he opens up God's word. He makes it simple, clear, understandable, and then he explains so that the people can get it. <laughs> Acts 20, verse 28 says this, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So the pastor is to feed the church spiritually through the teaching of the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.2 tells us how it happens, and the things that thou hast heard of me, what you teach is Pauline, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So there... You teach, they learn, and they share. And they learn, and they begin to teach themselves. And so that's really good. So these gifts that God, through the Spirit, has given to the church, they are the communicators of the truth of the Word of God. And then also, the reason for these teachers and discipleship of the word of God is verse 12. Notice what he says. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The reason teachers and discipleship is important is to perfect. It's to mature believers. The ideal is to mend holes that's like in a fisherman's nets. They get big holes in them. The fish escape then. It has the idea of mending those holes. And we know that when a person is lost, they have many holes in their life. But thank God when they get saved, they believe in the gospel. It's at that moment God begins the work to mend those holes in those people's lives. Now, it takes practice, it takes the word of God, and it takes prayer to perfect one's life progressively over time. There's an athlete, and year after year, he practices and practices 
to master his craft so he'll be at the top of his game. Likewise, that's what the believer does. He practices and practices and practices, and over time, he begins to own his craft in a way he can begin to live the way God wants him to live, to perfect. And then he says there in that verse, verse 12, for the work of the ministry. The church is the believer's classroom. It's the believer's opportunity to put truth into action. Involvement creates, now get this, don't miss this, involvement in a local church creates active learning. Active learning. You begin to have to and want to live it. That truth that you're learning. I remember we used to have programs at Emmanuel and uh, the kids would get rewards for how many verses they memorized. And that's called, called rote memory. And I'm not knocking memorizing verses, okay? I'm just saying that uh, just to memorize it doesn't do the job. Uh, we begin to figure out, I said, what I want you to do then is when they memorize the verse, they also have to tell what that verse means on the back of a three-by-five card. So you have the verse, you turn it over, and it gives the meaning. So not only did they memorize the verse, they knew what the verse is supposed to mean. Active learning is so important. You know, missionaries on the field is good, but better is if the nationals do the work of the ministry themselves. And that's just a fact. I've seen it on the field. And then the third thing he mentions in that verse 12 there is for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's as we learn biblical truth, we make spiritual application, we fellowship with other believers in church, and when we do that, we encourage, we build up, we lift up other people to run the race well. We need the church. Whether I was a pastor or not a pastor, I need the church. I remember when I was first saved, and <clears throat> because of my past life and habits and everything, it was rough when I got started. You don't become a holy Joe just like that, right? You're up and down and up and down. But one thing that helped me was those believers who continued to try to encourage me to live for Christ. That my pastor was always there saying, it's good to see you today, Jim. Not putting me down, not condemning me, but knowing that I had my battles. And they knew that the church and the word and the fellowship and all these things was vital for me to come out of what my past had controlled me with. And so I'm grateful for those people. The third thing is the working together as believers is with the hope of obtaining a higher standard for our lives. That's the hope. Notice verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man 
unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. The goal, the hope is that all these things put together helps us to live a higher standard in the way that we do live, Christ-like. We need to stand up together and defend the same biblical truth and Pauline truth, by the way. I'm not ashamed of that. Romans chapter 16, verse 25, Now to him that is a power to establish you <clears throat> according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery of truth that had been hidden but now revealed to the apostle Paul, which was kept secret since the world began. Nobody knew it prior to Paul. But now, during the dispensation of grace, is made manifest and by the scriptures and of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God and so on. I'm so grateful for the church in the sense that when we become a part of the church, it helps us to be more accountable. You know, just out there as a lone ranger, you're, no, you're not accountable to anybody. But when you're hanging with believers who love God, it raises you up. I remember when I was in school, I began to run around with Brother Charlie and Brother Ron and them, and because of their upbringing, so they, were, they helped bring me up to a higher standard in a lot of ways. And that's what the church does for us. We measure our knowledge. We measure our growth by how much we are conforming that we think or act like Christ. You know, a few years ago, it used to be you used to wear those little wristbands, WWJD, what would Jesus do, right? And that's actually in our life. Romans 8, 29 tells us this here. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, now get this, to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what it's about, becoming more like Jesus. It states in 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we, we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. One of the goals, the standards that we try to live, we try to live up to God's standards of being like Jesus Christ the best we can. Amen? And so the church helps to lift us up to a higher standard. Not only that, the result of learning, growing, fellowshipping, of being anchored in God's word is found in verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now, this is so important. To be mature, it is a blessing. It's a, what, growing to being more like Christ. It's becoming more skillful in the way we handle the Word of God. Because when we're doing that, then we're not so easily swayed, deceived when hearing false teachers. 
We're not like a butterfly. Here, there, this, believe this, now don't believe this, now don't believe this, now don't. But we are established in the word of God that's for today. Colossians 2, 7 says this, and I'm coming down the stretch. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. God wants us to be rooted. He wants us to be grounded in the truth and knowledge of Christ. You see, immature believers' faith, their faith, immature believers, it's not based or anchored upon the word of God. It's anchored upon their flesh, what they want, and their desires. Amen? Their faith is just on the surface. And as a result of having this faith on the surface, they become easy prey to the false teachers, to the charlatans, to spectacular entertainment, to exciting worship. But they have shallow Bible understanding. And because of that, they become gullible to Satan's attacks. Paul's heart was this here, Acts 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch, and he's preaching to the preachers, <laughs> watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. Paul says, listen, if you don't anchor, they're going to come in and they're going to destroy you. They're greater than you are. And that was Paul's heart. And the last thing is this here. And by the way, if you start a new job, it takes you a while to get accustomed to the job until you master it so you can make the company some money then, right? But you're willing to do that. Is your faith any less important? Why is it I can do that with a job, but I can't do that with my spiritual life and my relationship with Christ? Why is my job more important than that which only lasts, and that's for Christ. Amen? That's good preaching right there, Jim. <laughs> and the fifth thing is, only when anchored in fellowship and soul can the church have the true ability to share truth with anyone. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. I think most churches have gotten that backward. Most churches souls, then fellowship and a little discipleship. And then when the storms of falsity comes on the scenes through Satan's sneaky, tricky ways, the church kind of crumbles when problems come their way because they're not anchored. They're not in fellowship like they ought to be in their local church. 
He says, speaking the truth in love. Colossians 1, 9 and 10 says this. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the, what? Knowledge of his will in his word, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might, because you now know truth, you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. It is vital how we dispensationalists share the truth. We share all the Bible, but especially the true gospel that's for today. And the true gospel is the fact that man is a sinner. He can't save himself. He's on his way to a devil's hell. But Christ has intervened. God the Father loved you so much he sent his son who died on an old rugged cross. There he bled and died for your sins and they buried him and three days later he rose from the grave. What he has accomplished alone is enough to save you. Nothing else, that's the true gospel. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. It's not church membership, baptism, doing this, doing that. It's not doing, it's believing. You believe in the gospel. And our spirit and our attitude is to be controlled by the love of God that has been placed inside of us for other people. Did you know you have God's love in you? Romans 5, 5 said this here. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. And the more truth, the more truth I know, the more I love lost people. It was love that motivated God to act on our behalf. He says... In verse 15, may grow up in him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. Our faith is not just on Sundays. It's 24-7. That's our faith. And it's Christ who is the head, who is the authority that we're willing to yield to. I remember... Uh, over here at First Southern, we taught a Sunday school class there many, many years ago, uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. And every Saturday, we'd have a prayer meeting. Pastor would come, and there'd probably be maybe 10 other men, and we'd meet, and we'd pray, ask God to bless the services, and then... Uh, we'd sing that little, that little chorus, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. And I remember I had a great prayer meeting that morning and on my way home as a young man saved for not real long and I said, Lord, is it reasonable for me to give my all to you? Do you want that much from me? 
Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. And then he says, the first part of the verse 1, I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you by the mercies of God that you present yourself, your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It was that day I pulled over to the side of the road. It was that day with a heart that was broken yet full of God's love that asked God to forgive me and said, God, forgive me forever questioning what you ask of me. It's more than reasonable because of who you are and what you've done for me. That day I dedicated my life to the Lord. You never know what's going to happen after you do that. But it gets to, it's exciting. But I'm so grateful to the church. Uh, don't slight it. Uh, don't criticize it. We all have problems. We try to work it out in a biblical way the best we can. But come and help. Come and be a part of Grace Point. Help us to do something for God. Not only in the gospel, but you know we are right division people. We are, uh, what, dispensationalists, and we're not ashamed of that. And if you don't understand it yet, you need to come and listen so you can learn it. It's like taking blinders off of your understanding. And it helps you to understand the scriptures. And it's when you understand the scriptures, you can actually grow. So I just challenge you today as you leave, just remember your church. We're doing a lot of stuff, but we need you. Come participate. Get involved. Let's do something for him. Do you believe he's coming soon? Uh, We can't help but feel that. So we don't have much time left. Let's help us do it. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Paul for giving us the example, giving us the truth of what a church should have these things uh, within it. And may we be faithful in following that example. Thank you for Grace Point. Thank you for raising it up. May we do it for your honor, for your glory only. Thank you for the people that you've assembled. We love them, we pray for them, and we look forward to doing something for your name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.